She's Robin. She's Alex. And this is Coworkers Killing Time. And here we talk about everything. Enjoy! everybody welcome back this is episode 28 of co-workers killing time as always i am alex and i'm robin and we forgot to do that the last two episodes so i figured we would bring that back yeah we better get uh, back on that yeah so today's episode i am titling you're so cliche you probably think this episode is about <laughs> you because we're gonna talk about cliches but then we're gonna talk about some like personal life cliches and I really don't want anybody in my life to get offended because it's things that they've done. But I'm also going to hit back on myself a little bit. Right. Well, you know, hopefully nobody in our personal life ever gets offended at the stuff we talk <laughs> about. But you got to talk about stuff. Right. So. Well, so this started because the other day I was in the bathroom doing my hair and makeup. And obviously doing my hair is a chore, even if I let it air dry. And I was just thinking, because my brain works very strangely, about different things. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cliche. And why do people do that? And then I'm like, oh, this would be a good podcast topic. Indeed. I agree. So I wanted to start out by saying what is a cliche. So the definitions that I found, there's two different meanings. Is a phrase or opinion that is overused and betrays a lack of original thought. Or a predictable and unoriginal thing or person. And I think that's more of like an updated definition because I think before cliches used to be like literary references or like sayings and slogans and things like that. Uh, And now, because we live in the age of social media and just things happening, there's so many cliches. And things go viral. Yes. In the world. So I wrote down a few phrases that are considered cliche and I know you did too. But I I just want to go over some that I like. So I have better late than never because I agree with that one. Yes. Um, tomorrow is another day is a super popular one. But yeah. I agree with that too because I was thinking uh, yesterday when I dropped the kids off at school that it's better to be positive every day than walk around like a black cloud person because even if it's a bad day, like the yeah. day before, like if you wake up and you try to make the next day a better day, yes, it will be a better day for you. And I think you you have to know that tomorrow's a fresh start. Right. I think we can all agree with that. And then my favorite one ever, dumb is a doorknob. Is that what it is? Doorknob. There's other ones, though. Dumb is a brick. Well, and then I saw one that said he's a few fries short of a happy meal. And I also really like that one. Not the brightest bulb. I think I've used that a few times. I like that one. And then saved by the bell was one, which I thought was funny. Because I know it was a saying before it was a show. But obviously being born in the 80s. And it coming out in the late 80s, early yeah. 90s, like, that's what I equate Saved by the Bell with. Same. Same. And then Have Your Cake and Eat It Too was the last, like, phrase that I wrote down. That always confused me when I was little. It wasn't until I was probably a teenager that I understood it. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you have your cake and eat it too? I didn't get it. <laughs> and now I get it. So then I also wrote down another subsection that they had, and that was movies, because sayings from movies have now become cliches. Sayings from movies? Okay. Yeah, so, like, Houston, we have a problem is now a cliche <laughs> because people use that in a vernacular for, like, outside of a pop culture reference for, like, right. when things go wrong. Just keep swimming. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, if I you build that. it, they will come because right. everybody says that. Just, I think, not even ironically. I think I said that within the past week, to be honest <laughs> with you. I don't even remember what. I was talking to Steve about something. And I'm like, if you build it, they will come. It was about right. something. There so, you yeah, go. It does get used a lot. You know what? I, and just one more thing before we go through our list of hundreds yeah. of these. 
I began realizing as I was kind of looking into this today, I a whole bunch of my life is just spent speaking in cliches. <laughs> like, I don't like it. You're very unoriginal, apparently. I guess I'm super unoriginal. <laughs> You're very molded <clears throat> by your experiences. It's pretty depressing. I was like, wow, I say that all the time. That's terrible. But oh, so, Okay, so you can go through some of them, because, like, the next thing I have is some of the, like, personal things that I've noticed that are cliches. So the way that I, I sort of researched this topic was um, I, I looked into sports cliches. Okay. Because... You know, I hear a lot of them on hockey, like mm-hmm. which I think is actually kind of funny. Just as as an aside, if you ever really listen to the commentators like speak of hockey, it sounds sort of homoerotic a lot. The <laughs> things that they talk about, like, and I will always look at Steve, like, tell me that was not sexual. That was oh, not sexual. Oh, commenting about their sticks. And yeah, things. sticks and <laughs> drilling it in and the missile. Just a lot of like, yes, that's my opinion. Just my opinion. So I looked up lists of sports cliches because, you know, there are just so many of them. So here are here are some. Here are just a few. Ready? It was a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. It's gut check time. Okay. I gotta tell you, I'm not familiar with that one. Keep your eye on the ball. Mm-hmm. Monday morning quarterback. Heard okay. that one a lot. That was a hole in one. They don't pull any punches. They dropped the ball. Mm-hmm. Heard that one. Probably use that. A of course, of times. yeah, people use that all the time. They always step up to the plate. Uh, they talk a good game. They're a team player. Yes, that's how it was used. Yes, yes. They're in a league of their own. They want to play hardball. The ball's in your court. They answered the bell. I have I've not, never heard, I've, that, I've one not heard that one ever. We knocked it out of the park. Yep. Take one for the team. Of course. Offense sells tickets. Defense wins championships. I have to say most of those are, like, the kind of condescending things people say to you in, like, a work setting. Like, you better take one for the team or you should be like so-and-so because they're a real team player. And it's like, all right, no. Yeah, and then (laughs) that's funny because I think I did work ones, right? Yeah, I have business cliches. Then I have just this quick list of sports cliches used in sports announcing. Mm Mm-hmm. Alligator arms? Never. Gonna tell you. Never heard of that. Don't know what that is. A two to zero lead is the worst lead. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. They have to get on the same page. Okay. The media are blowing this out of proportion. That doesn't seem like a sports thing. That seems like an all the things. Is that really? Like inflation? Dear media, please stop. You're just giving everyone a green light to raise prices. Simmer down. Uh, That will come back to haunt them. I'd like to thank my Lord and Savior. Throw under the bus. Now, is that... Throw under the bus, is that just... I didn't think that was just sports related. I didn't think that was just sports related either. D-line or O-line? Yeah, of I mean, course. But I haven't heard anybody use this as a I have never cliche. heard anyone use that as like, oh, yeah, you're on the D-line in this office. Or, <laughs> in our house, you're on the D-line, D-line and I'm on the O-line. That's funny. A lot of open looks at the basket. It doesn't get any better than this. He's a warrior. A lot of those are only related to sports, so I don't understand how they're like life cliches. I feel like it's sporting announcer yeah. cliches. But outside of sports, a lot like, of those you would never these, say no. in your Alligator life. Alligator arms. I'm going to have to look into that because I don't Yeah, that's kind of weird. It. Is that like T-Rex arms? You just I have like know. really short little arms because they how, don't have long arms. How about this one? Charity stripe? I don't know what I don't that know is. don't know what that is. Goals are not deserved. Goals are made. Mm-hmm. And on any given Sunday. Yep, of course. Play I, we've one all game heard at a time. There is no I in team. Yes. Again, another motivational office cliche. There ain't no you either as a retort to there. there is no I in team. Okay, and then let's... I don't think anyone should say ain't ever. No, I, I don't. Every time I say it, it's like, ooh, 
Was I really? I didn't like that. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Okay, I have more sports. I have like sports movie cliches, but do you have? Do you want to? Well, go I on have. So I have my office cliches, but I have like the things that I don't like in life that yeah. are cliches. Okay. So this is how this episode idea actually came to be. This is what I was thinking about specifically. And again, it's April, so I'm not sure why I was thinking about this specifically. Maybe because I was getting ready. It was Easter, and I was getting ready. And I was thinking about holidays, and I was like, you know what's a weird cliche in life is that so many people get engaged on Christmas or around Christmas. Right. And in doing the research for this, I actually found out that December is the holiday or the month that the most engagements happen in the whole year. Wow. And I think it's because of Christmas. Yeah. And then I read in the same article that it was because people think that Christmas is the most romantic time of the year. And that made me freaked out because is it because of hallmark movies it has to be because i've never once thought like oh christmas is so romantic Romantic. no it's about your family never never in my whole life have i been like christmas is so romantic like even when i was younger and had boyfriends and was like "Ooh, can't wait to spend christmas with them it was like can't wait to spend christmas with them so they can meet my family or spend time with my yeah, family do family stuff not oh it's so romantic no i don't agree with that one I don't so think it's romantic that was a weird thing and um, then the Valentine's Day engagements is the other cliche. It's sure. like, oh, so many people get engaged on Christmas or Valentine's Day. And when my husband and I were dating, I actually said to him, like, listen, I don't care when you propose to me, but it's not going to be on Christmas and it's not going to be on Valentine's Day because I'm not doing that. Like, I'm not down with that. And he was like, no, I feel exactly the same way. Good. Yeah. And I know people in my life who have gotten engaged in December and who have gotten, like, it, as a whole, not, yeah. like, necessarily on Christmas – or in, like, the lead-up to Christmas, and that was their Christmas present. Or um, Valentine's Day. Or, like, people planned around Valentine's Day, like, well, we're going to go away for Valentine's Day, and it's so that they can get engaged. Yeah. And to me, I feel like maybe the reason I don't like this is because Christmas is its own standalone thing. And I'm not saying gift-wise. I'm right. just saying, like, as special moments in your life, Christmas is your own standalone thing. Right. Valentine's Day is your own standalone thing. We got engaged in May... And the way we got engaged was probably cliche to people, which I don't care. But then we have our own date and time that's like, oh, we got engaged then. So May is important right. for us because we, we got, got engaged. engaged in March. Yeah. So. so yeah. I agree. I, I felt like that was better because then it's like more special for you. I can't think of anybody in my like immediate circle who got engaged uh, for Valentine's Day, but I I think my sister-in-law and brother-in-law got married on Christmas Eve, I believe, mm-hmm. which I always thought was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but See, I always <clears> think, like, <throat> people who are like, oh, we're getting married on New Year's Eve, or we're getting married on, like, Valentine's Day, because, yeah. again, I know people who have done this. That's, like, kind of selfish. It is. Because yeah. now you're expecting everyone to come and celebrate your wedding on this day. And then it's like, and if it's somebody in your immediate family, now every time you celebrate that holiday, yeah. it also has to be like... Oh, happy anniversary! <laughs> Here's and it's present. like, you are an yeah. attention whore. I'm sorry, but that's what's <laughs> happening. Um, and uh, to piggyback off that, I have another cliche is proposing at someone else's wedding. No. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, it's the wedding. Yep. It's the reception. We're going to throw the bouquet. And then the guy yeah, comes out and gets down on his knee. It's like, no, it's not your wedding. Yeah. Because you would, I don't know. To me, am I selfish? Like, I don't know. No, I actually have seen videos of of this happening when the bride is completely in on it, and maybe 
once in a blue moon, like, it's kind of a cool thing, but if it, if it became, like, a thing where, yeah. like, every time there's a wedding, you have to look around the room to see, oh, is somebody going to surprise propose? If the bride's so. in on it, fine. I remember I was watching, like, that um, Counting On show with the Duggars. I've referenced that I like watching stuff about them because it's just a train wreck. Yeah. And one of the sisters had gotten married, and she's, like, super close to her brother who was courting a girl at this time because they don't date, they court. And he proposed to her girlfriend, his girlfriend at the reception, but it was planned. Like, she had the bouquet, and she was like, one, two, three, turned around and just handed it to her. And then when she went like this, he was down on his knee. So it was very cute, and it was, like, a planned thing. Yeah. And that's fine. Yes. But I went, I mean, again, I I just think it's, like, weird when things like this happen. I know a a while ago, when my sister-in-law was engaged, she had wanted to have her wedding day on my husband's birthday. And he was like, no, that's my birthday. And everyone's (laughs) like, I don't understand what's the matter. Like, it's fine. But again, it's his birthday. And then it brings up the thing of like, oh, now every time it's his birthday, it's also going to be like, happy anniversary. And it's going to be weird because then it's like, not just your day. Well, I have a sort of similar situation, though. I was born on my dad's birthday. Okay, but birthdays are different. Sharing your birthday is not as bad as, like, somebody picking to have an important life milestone on your birthday. My, di- my mom can't... picked my birthday, by the oh, way. Oh, she just, did? Yes. I was not... She was totally... She totally planned it. Yeah, but I feel like your born. dad liked that. Yes. I'm, said, I'm saying, like, said, yes. when my mother-in-law <laughs> told my husband that her and her fiancé at the time were looking at spring dates between my husband's birthday and, like, April... He was like, I don't care any day that's not my birthday. And they're like, oh, she's actually looking at your birthday. And he was like, why? Like, there's, there's like eight, there's eight Fridays. Pick anyone except my birthday. Um, So like, that was like, just a funny thing that I thought of. And that's not cliche, but that was one of those things where when I was like, oh, people getting engaged on somebody at somebody else's wedding, I was like, oh yeah. And then that had happened like, I don't know. Nobody cares anymore because it was like 10 years ago and obviously they didn't end up doing that, but... That's funny. It was one of those things where my husband was like, "Mm, it's my day! (laughs) Like, you know. That's funny. And that's how my brother is too because, so funny thing, I was due with my youngest. His birthday was just on Easter, so April 17th. My brother's birthday is on April 7th and that was my first due date with him. And he's like, you better cross your legs, keep that baby (laughs) in because that is my day. And I'm like, okay. Which he was he was young. He was like 27, I think, when I had my youngest. Yeah. So I can see that. And if it was now, he'd be like, yeah, let's have the same birthday. Right. Like, yeah. he wouldn't it care at all. It would have been cool either way, but I think. But yeah. at the time, he was like, no, that's my day. It's my day. So that was pretty funny. I um, also tried to have my firstborn come on that on my birthday as well. Right. So then you could just keep it going. I wanted to. And my doctor told me no. So my dad and his best friend have the same birthday. It's July 2nd. My my best friend is his best friend's daughter. Her first child was born on July 2nd That's also. So, cool. so, like, they were really excited about that. The grandfather was really excited about that. So, like, birthdays I don't think is as bad because yeah. it's, like, you can't, you can control it if you schedule the date. Yeah. But, like, you also can't really because right. it's not, you're not like, oh, yeah, let's conceive this right. baby yeah. for the hopes that it's on this birthday. Yeah, no. Didn't do that for <laughs> no. any of mine. So. No, right. No. And I don't think your mom did that. Like, she no. was like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> No. So that's less controlled than that. Yes. Um, my agree. next life cliche is eating ice cream and crying after a breakup. Is this real <laughs> or just a movie trope? 
I could never because no. I think about like every breakup I've ever had. I just think about like revenge, and it's funny because like I've only been broken up with by one person. Yeah, and like just I was insane. So like I haven't dated anyone for fourteen years, but when I was in my twenties and dating, I was like an insane person. So wow. I was never like ooh ice cream and crying. Like I was never sad. I was yeah. just mad. Yeah, I I think I was broken up with one person, and I broke up with. I hate, this sounds terrible. I broke up with all the others. There weren't that many others, but there were others. See, I broke up with all the others, and there were a lot of others, and I'm (laughs) fine with that, and that's fine. Well, yeah, there were some others, but I don't remember ever being, because I'm the type of person, if if I'm done, I'm done. Right. And I would just be like, I'm done, we're done, and then I would move on. I was not, like, you know, eating ice cream. I remember... I used to watch Happy Days, and Mrs. Cunningham used to mm-hmm. give Joni, like, peanut butter with a spoon. Mm-hmm. And that's what they would, like, share that when when Joni would come home sad about a boy. <laughs> they would eat peanut butter. And I and I love peanut butter. Yeah. But, no. No, I, I never did that. that. I would get sad about a boy, and my mom and dad would be like, suck it up. Who cares? And I'd be like, okay. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, thanks. Yeah, but so I, I kind of think I just really took on to the, like, suck it up, just be a badass thing when you're in a breakup. Like... Yeah. Because who cares? Yeah, I don't think I ever turned to food um, during those times at all. I mean, maybe now, because now that I've been with Dan for 14 years and married for 11, I think I would be kind of, like, really sad if this ended. Yes. But, like, my two-year and, like, six-month relationships and, like, one-year relationship, I was like, man, whatever. (laughs) Like, I don't care. It's whatever. Let's go out, girls. (laughs) Yeah, right? Exactly. (laughs) That's actually what I did, um... My boyfriend before Dan, we broke up and I went out and then I, Dan came and hung out with us because we were friends and then we just started dating and I was like, why? I just got out of a relationship. I'm like, oh, it will be fine. No, married and engaged. Like (laughs) engaged and then married and now live together and have kids. So yes, I think it was meant to be, obviously. Also, is that a cliche? What? It was meant to be. Yes, If it's meant to be, it will be. (laughs) I think so. So my last, I don't like this cliche, because then I have some that I've done, so don't worry, we can rag on me later, um, is happy wife, happy life. I absolutely hate (laughs) this cliche, because... I like it. Of course you do. I like it. Because I feel like that's how you live your life. That's how I run my household. I'm the princess and everyone has to make me happy. I'm the queen. (laughs) Right. So I just wrote, I don't like it because you're partners and you chose this person and you should both strive to make each other happy with your wants and needs. And I think that a lot of people, especially in my generation, who have this thinking, and like even with my parents, my parents are divorced. I remember when my dad and mom got divorced, my dad was like, I'm doing this because it's time for me to be happy. And it's like, when have you not been happy in your whole life? Like, you've always done what you've wanted. Yeah. Since we've been alive. So I think just having that, like, selfishness is the cause of so many divorces and so many marital problems. Probably. So I think, like, being an actual team, because that's what you're signing up for when you you get married. You can be a team, though, and have a happy wife. Oh! And have a happy life. But I am a happy wife (laughs) and a happy life, but I'm saying... He is also happy. Yeah, that exactly. saying is, happy wife, your life is happy, but make her happy. It doesn't matter if you're happy. Because that's what most men who say, ooh, happy wife, happy life, are like, oh, stupid bitch. She makes my life miserable. She doesn't let me buy what I want to buy. She doesn't let me do what you oh, want to do. Yeah, no. And the only reason I know this is because Dan works with a bunch of crotchety old men at his job. And they're always like, you'll see. You'll... 
you'll see, Dan. You've only been married for 11 years. You'll see. And he's like, well, this is funny because when I was married for one year, everyone was like, you'll see. Five years, you'll see. Ten years, you'll (laughs) see. He's like, when am I going to see? Because it's not happening. I always just thought it meant happy wife, happy life, and that if you make her happy, the whole household is happy. Not that she has to make you miserable if she's I don't think it's that she has to make you miserable. I think that they take it as you have to make her, at least these guys do, you have to take her needs and put them above everything else, and then that makes you sad. Because, like, look at the people we work with who I talk about well, it's one person that we work with who I talk about dirt bikes with. Yep. And he's always like, I can't believe that you would go let your husband oh, buy yeah, whatever yeah. dirt bike he wants. You're so awesome. And I'm like, who are you yeah. married to? But even when we worked at the Harley Davidson dealership, people would be like, you just let your husband buy any motorcycle he wants. And I'm like, yes, because he's well, not going to go out and buy like 10 right. and we can afford to buy a motorcycle because I know what our finances are. Yeah. Why? Oh, I would have to ask my wife's permission. I'm like, okay, that's not the kind of relationship we have. No. He would have to tell me, like, I'm going to buy a motorcycle, and right. I'd just be like, okay. Right. But, because well, he wouldn't just be like... let me ask you this. If he, if he wanted to buy, let's just say, like, a $50,000 item, yeah. would he run that by you first, or would he just he go would tell, buy it? No, no, he would tell me he was doing it. Okay. And I would say, okay, because the way that we run our finances, and I think a lot of millennials do this, is... We have a joint account for all our bills, and then we have our own accounts for, like, our side jobs. At at this rate, everyone needs a second job to afford their lives. Um, But we have our own accounts for that that we put money into. And if we want – like, if I want to go buy anything, I don't have to ask him for it, as long as it's not, like, a car. Right. But he would say, like, oh, I'm going to take this money and go buy a motorcycle, and I'd be like, cool. Yeah. So we have our one account, and yeah. then we have a savings account. Right. Everything gets put into that. Right. Everything. So my mom does the same thing, and she's like, I don't understand the way that you guys yeah, do your Yeah, it's very finances. different. It's very different from the way that I've always done it, but d- I don't disagree with the way you do it right. either. Um, it's funny. I work for a divorce lawyer, mm-hmm. and his one one thing he tells people all the time is, if you get into another relationship, keep it all separate. Do not combine your finances. Right. Don't do it. And people look at him like, what? Like, don't do it. So we do combine so. them in one way just to pay, like, our mortgage and all the bills and yep. stuff. And, like, anything the kids need. Like, sure. their sports and everything. And, like, this year's summer camp. Everything is budgeted in that. But then any fringe extras. Like, yeah. if I'm going on vacation in June, I'm paying for that out of my other account. It's not hurting the family finances. So if he wants a motorcycle... It's the other account, and it's not hurting the family finances. Right. So, like, I think it's a wise way to do sure, things. for sure. But I would never be like, oh, put my happiness over yours, or, like, do things like that. And I think that's what a lot of people take that as, and oh. that's why there's, like, a lot of resentment towards that cliche. Gotcha. No, to me, it just meant if, you know, if I'm happy, everybody's yeah. happy. Like, if mama's well, happy, everybody's so happy. That's so that's what I thought <laughs> prior to this, but then, like, working at our old job at the Harley-Davidson store, and then, like... Now him working where he works and all these people are just like, nope, this just means like put her above you. And and it's like, but then you resent your partner and that shouldn't, like, why are you doing that? Yeah. And I totally don't take it that way. So maybe here it's not only generational. Maybe it's the way men look at it is differently. You know, they look at it differently than the way women look at it. I don't know. But I'm sure there are some women out there that are like, oh yeah, my happiness is all that matters. Yeah, which I'm sorry. Buy me that Louis Vuitton, baby. (laughs) Probably. Yeah. Yeah, But I'm not, I'm not that way. I'm not that way either. I don't have a Louis Vuitton. It doesn't take much to make me happy either. So you know what I mean? It's not like Mine's like, buy me a cupcake and I'm like, ooh, cookies. 
Because woo! Yeah, it's really pretty easy to make make me happy. So it's whatever. But yeah. yeah. No, I don't want. If and oh, by the way, if I did want a big expensive purse, mm-hmm. I would probably just go go get it. Yeah. Like you know, I wouldn't expect somebody to buy it for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I, I just buy purses right? from the place we get yeah, a discount same. from from work now same. because it's a designer place and they're nice. Yeah. So and I and I'm proud of my and I like couponing and discounts. So that's what I'm gonna do. All with that. <laughs> so. The other thing I was going to say was that uh, the people who say you'll see, though, I, I did want to piggyback off of that a little bit, because I remember when we were younger, we were like in our, I think, late, mid, late 20s. We didn't have kids yet. And the movie This Is 40 came out with Judd, the Judd Apatow yes. movie with Paul Rudd, because yes. we love Paul Rudd. Yes. So we went and saw it. And I was like, wow, this movie's like really depressing. And I remember posting online, like, this movie is so depressing. I don't think this was good. Like, it wasn't good. Like, is this what they're saying happens in all relationships? You just hate each other. And one of my cousins came on and was like, you'll see this is exactly what it's like when you're in your 40s. And I was like, okay. And now that I'm 36, I'm like, oh my God, it's coming up. It's coming up to that part. But I still don't feel like we have that type of relationship. I feel like we have, I don't know. I'm not saying we have like the best relationship because obviously, you know, we have arguments and things. Everyone does. I think it's just normal. But I don't think we have resentments towards each other. And everyone assuming that their relationship is the same as everyone else's is also kind of a cliche. It is very cliche because everybody's different. Right. Which is also cliche. But everybody's different. And every different person, just think about if you were with your one of your exes, mm-hmm. how different your relationship would be. Oh, even though you're the same. Totally. Okay. So that I will one's say. one's changeable. So. I went to school at a very expensive, like, private school college for business. Every boy I ever dated and brought home was, like, your typical white-collar dude, couldn't mow a lawn, would have to hire somebody, couldn't fix anything. And then I started dating my husband now, and he's a mechanic and blue-collar dude, and just can do everything. So it was a way different situation, and I think I was different and more like, ooh, I'm so bougie and fancy when I was with those people, where now I'm like, oh, I'm myself. Right. And I'm comfortable in being myself. Yeah. So So I think that's good. You guys are going to be fine. Yeah, I think we're going to be. I don't think you're going to be a depressing, like, 40s couple. No, I know, but that movie was just, like, really depressing, and apparently they're going to make This Is 50, which I want to see, but, like, please have a better marriage, because they're still married in the movie. (laughs) I bet they're on their second marriage in their 50s. No, it's still going to be Leslie Mann and Paul Rudd if they do it, so they're still going to be married. Um, And then I uh, wanted to say, for the last thing with relationship cliches, is I always talk, well, not always, but I talk about my friend Mariah. She's, like, our number one fan for the podcast. She actually texted texted me this morning and was like, how come there's no podcast today? Oh. And I'm like, oh, sorry, we're filming tonight. Scheduling so issues. if you're listening to this tomorrow, we recorded it the day before. But I was like, oh, it made me think of her and her boyfriend. Because her and her boyfriend have been together since they were like, I think, 16. Yeah. And those relationships, people are always like, hey, well, just wait till you're in your next relationship. Your high school relationship's never oh, yeah. going to last. Yeah. And in my life... She married her high school sweetheart, and my in-laws married their high school sweethearts, and they're still married and have, like, a pretty good relationship. So you would think, like, hey, they're both 65 years old, and they're still married, and they've been together since they were 14. Like, there are relationships that work out. My niece, Rhiannon, married her high school boyfriend. They've been married for a year and a half. Again, I think a lot of cliches are just people being assholes and being like, let me superimpose my thoughts on you. Well, you know what's funny? (laughs) is back in the day, like back in our 
grandparents' generation, that was normal. You yeah. met your spouse in high school, and you got married, like, the day after graduation and had a baby, like, that next summer, you know? Yeah. So I don't I mean, know maybe. why don't it's know. got, like, why it's so frowned upon, because I think it was really, especially when towns used to be super small mm-hmm. and, like, people didn't really go outside of their towns. There's a lot of people who met their spouses in See, and that's funny because, like, both my grandparents, like, my grandma graduated high school in 1953 and my other grandma graduated in 1954, so, because they're a year apart. Um, and they both, my grandmother lived in East Hartford and my grandfather lived in Holland and they met, I don't even know how they met and got married. And then my other grandmother lived in like Stafford and my grandfather lived in Holland and they met and got married. And I'm like, that's weird for that time. It is kind of interesting. Because like, and I think they were a little bit older because my aunts and my mom, I think were born in like 59 to 62. So it's like, oh. Or 58 to 62. So, like, she waited a while Yeah, for that generation. She was kind of, like, old for getting married and having kids. And so were my, um, so was my other grandparents. But they're all still alive. Yeah. Except for my grandpa. Um, all five of my grandparents are still alive, which is, like, incredible. Okay, so homework. Find out how they all met. I know I should. Although, I feel like my, so I do have two grandparents that are divorced. That's how I have six grandparents, or had six grandparents and have five now. So I feel like that might be a little, like, controversial to ask them. But I'll ask my other grandma. Yeah. I'll ask ask my dad. (laughs) He'll be like, I'm not speaking to you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just curious. No, actually, I think I'm going to see my dad on Sunday. So I might ask, I might ask him and he'll be like, why are you asking me that? Just want to (laughs) know. Research. But yeah, that's cliche too. Like, get married in the 50s, have a house, a white picket fence, and two and a half kids. And And a housewife. What is two and a half kids? Yeah, I never did And also, both my grandmothers worked in the 50s and 60s. They were not housewives. And they lived in rural, cheap America. And the cliche was for sure housewife with Mm -hmm. her apron on, making food. Cleaning the house, vacuuming, you know. But I will say my grandma, my grandma who lived next door to us growing up, who my grandfather passed away, she had, like, a farm. She made her own jelly. She sewed everything. She made dresses to go out on the weekend. She was always reupholstering her couches and painting it. And I'm like, okay, what happened? Because she's only 50 years older than me. And if you were, like, plant a garden, I'd be like, I don't know what to do. (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. Like, I can sew, but I can't do anything else that I just named. Right. Well, so, like, you could because of YouTube. You could do it all. I could, I'm sure, but I don't want to like cut chickens' heads off no, and defeather them. I don't, and no. I, and she did that when she was little because her grand her grandparents farm, had like the a farm, farm life. No, it teaches you things. It does. I don't want to do no, it though. I, I, I can't. We can't that. go back in time. No apocalypse. Thank you. We're not doing it. <laughs> all right. So I do have more, but those were my like real life. I don't like these cliches. <laughs> all right. You have more. Well, do you want to hear? Some yeah, of I want to hear now? some okay. of yours, and then I have more. Continue with the sports thing because then I think I just have businesses after that. But the sports movie cliches. These some of these really cracked me up today. So let's start with the uprise of the underdog. In this classic mm-hmm. cliche, with the game on the line and time for only one more play, the coach will frantically search the bench looking for the sickliest bucket of scrawny mm-hmm. he can find. He will then throw him into the game with some lame bit of encouragement like, this is your time or we're counting on you now. The bench warmer king will then, of course, go on to run like 97 yards yeah, for a Rudy. touchdown. Who saw that coming? I mean, I know that's a true story, but Rudy is kind of a cliche. The mentor. Occasionally, the main character will have some mysterious mentor figure, usually a creepy old 
man that looks like he's never played sports in his life, but he has a beard. So obviously an expert. The mentor's specialties are offering deep metaphorical statements that really have nothing to do with sports and disappearing right before the big game, only to reappear high in the stands for some creepy phantom of the opera stare down. Yeah, or like a like salute or yes. like a I see you yes, fingers from yes. um, Meet the Parents. A little tear in the eye. Like, yeah. I knew. Oh, that's knew. my boy. Fickle fans. These folks wave their fair weather banner proudly at the beginning of the movie when the home team totally sucks. And these endearing townspeople can be seen burning effigies of the team mascot in the streets, waving pitchforks and screaming, give us the coach. These people will, of course, be the same ones at the playoffs at the end of the movie, waving signs that we always believed in you. Yeah, like in The Water Boy. That's all I can think about is when they all go to the hospital with like the pitchforks and they're mad. <laughs> and then they're at the end and they're like, yeah. yeah, we knew, we knew. The absentee father, in a last ditch effort to appeal to the audience's tender side, there will often be a side plot where a player and his loser, with his player and his loser dad, right before the final game, the kid will say something like, gee, I wish my dad had made it, which the coach will pacify with a wordless shoulder grip. Halfway through the game, guess who shows up? (laughs) Afterwards, he will approach his son and say, Son, when I heard you joined the jump rope team, I thought it was stupid, boring, and girly, which it is. But the movie is ending, so here's a heartfelt side hug to make up for the years of neglect. Which, again, is not... A real life thing. That's a movie trope because that wouldn't happen. The back to basics coach. This character is so dynamic that an entire list of cliches could be written solely about him. Basically, his job is to totally demoralize the entire team, which will, of course, cause them to start winning. His methods include torturous workout regime. Okay, boys, for the next three months, we'll be running marathons in the (laughs) Gobi Desert. During that time, there'll be no eating, sleeping, or drinking. Or insults. Faster, you mucus-lined bucket of camel spit, you brainless wart of a buck-toothed donkey. I said move, you hideous glob of an untalented lizard carcass. Don't worry, by the end of the movie, these these are endearing for some reason. They become... I can't. So there, that was just a funny list of so many cliches that have happened, you know, in many, many, many sports movies over the years. Yes. Perfect. Funny. So I have a few office cliches. And then I have things that I've done that are cliches and things that I love that are cliches. Okay, good. So for the office cliches, I only have three. I have how's the family, which <laughs> we have one manager at work who I don't ever talk to. So every so every time I see him, like, I think he gets uncomfortable and he'll just be like, oh, how's the family? And I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's sort of a generic blanket. Yeah. Thing, like, I don't remember your kid's name. But then or your he's husband, also the man who, like, when you start talking to him about that, he's like, oh, okay, and starts walking away. And I'm like, why did you ask? That's funny. So That's funny. That one. And then, of course, hump day. Yeah, it's hump oh, day it's hump tomorrow. Day. tomorrow. Guess tomorrow what day is it is. If you're listening to this right now, on the day it goes out, it's hump day. Okay, and then my next one is Case of the Mondays, which always just makes me think of the movie <laughs> Office Space. Somebody's got a Case of the Mondays. It's not wrong, though. Yeah. <laughs> it is cliche, but it is cliche. still. Some days, like, some Mondays just feel like Mondays. You know, they feel way too long. Mm-hmm. Too much crap going on. I literally emergencies. never feel bad on, like, Sunday that the next day is Monday. But this week, for some reason, I know you can't relate to that. No. But <laughs> this week, for some reason, it was, like, Sunday, and I was ready to cry over the fact that Monday was the next day. Yeah. So, I will tell you, there there have been days 
there have been some days in, in my career where I'm like just I get like depressed and sad and just so bummed out. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that anymore. Recently, yeah, I don't feel that bad anymore. It's just still like shit. I have somewhere I have to be doing all the things that I have to do for other people tomorrow. You know, yeah. that's all I think of. Like, ugh, I don't even but. know why it was like that. I think it was just because like school was starting again for the kids. Yeah, that's and that's such like high stress yes. for me because their schedule with the bus is like. The bus could come at 8.03 or it could come at, like, 8.20. Yeah. And I'm supposed to be to work at 8.30 and it's, like, stay to the 8.03 time. That was what it was before COVID. Why is it different now that my we husband went to that. a first shift job? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Yeah, like, the one. week he went to a first shift job, it was like, oh, bus driver shortage, 8.30. What? So <laughs> then I'm like, ah, driving down the road in a panic. That's Not that they care, no, but they I don't. put anxiety on myself about, like, there's a set time sure. I should be there. I, like, I just feel bad, so. But I will tell you, and we've spoken about this many times. Yeah. So after COVID, the majority of people at work do not show up at their exact allotted Well, and how's your family manager did say, it's okay, we don't care. Yeah. We know you have an extenuating circumstance with this, so. Yeah. And most people do. Well, not everybody, but some people do. Well, most people that we work with don't have children. Or if they do, they have a stay-at-home parent or somebody who can flex that time. But I think most people have some reason why, you know, they might be... That they're always running a few minutes late. Yeah, of course. I I mean, they definitely do. And I think today... I think today was just... I not today. Yesterday was just like... Our boss is back from vacation, which I'm not afraid of that or anything. Right. It was just like he was back, yep. so I knew it was going to be extra busy. Yep. School was starting again. We have all this stuff going on with, like, different clients, and I'm like, oh, yeah. this is going to be, like, a such lot. a hectic Monday. And literally, from the time I got there till I sat down, and it was, like, four immediately. That's... I was like, where did the day go? I'm not even remotely <laughs> done do. with what I need to do. <laughs> That's funny. I liked it because yeah. it went by so fast because today I, felt like it was going in slow motion. Today was a little slower than yesterday. I, I think agree it was also with you. the weather. I like being busy because, like, you know, and I like, I'm very task oriented. I really, I like to know that I have mm-hmm. five things that I have to get done. That's better for me than just some freewheeling whatever. Yeah. So I just don't I like, like the days where it feels like you're, like, continuously doing something and then it's like, oh, it's time to go. And you're like, but I literally felt like I did two things yeah. and I needed to do 200. That's okay. So, okay, that was my stuff day. still gets done. I know. Hey, guess I what? know it eventually gets There's done. There's always tomorrow. Oh, okay. Tomorrow will be tomorrow a will better be. day. And it will be. Okay. So what are your office cliches? Okay, yes. Well, these are these are business cliches to avoid, apparently, according to this little article. Okay. So uh, let's just see how many times we hear these because I'm okay. sure we've heard them all. It's a win-win situation. Yep. We, we may have heard some of these I earlier think so, today. Yeah. But think outside the box. That was in that. Grab the low-hanging fruit. Oh, okay. Um, what? In today's world, mm-hmm. which means now, say now. That's right. what they're saying. Just say now. Push the envelope. So I don't know that I've heard this one like in our mm-hmm. office at all, but that one, push the envelope. Oh. Or this one, drink the Kool-Aid. No, but I've heard this regarding politics, but right. certainly not, not the office. How about value added? No. Let's take this offline. That sounds to me like let's take this outside. So and I think let's have this a is a lot of like corporate jargon. And obviously, be. since our office is so small, like we are a corporate setting, but it's so small that we yeah. don't have like these let's have a synergistic meeting <laughs> where we all come together <laughs> on Zoom. And it's actually funny because I saw a TikTok this morning when I was getting ready 
And it was like, what I say in a meeting versus what I actually mean. And somebody said, like, let's take this offline. Yeah. And it was like, I'm done listening to you and I don't want to do this anymore. Oh, okay. And then it was like, oh, let's, um, they just kept saying like different things and I can't remember what they were saying, but one of them, he said, so she said something and she's like, oh, she goes, what you meant to say there was, and then it qu- it cuts back to her and she's like, so this is how I'm going to spin this into being my idea now. <laughs> So next to these sayings, there are little there are little notes that the you know writer of the the um, article put in. So for let's take this offline, it says this was creative once upon a time. It's not anymore, <laughs> which is just funny because I've never obviously heard that from anybody. Take it to the next level. How about that? Actionable. That sounds like it's a 1980s ski movie. Let's take it to the next level. Let's take it to the next. Level. How about actionable? Yeah, that's an actionable item. But I haven't... Nobody's ever... Nobody ever says... No. That, nobody says any of these at our job. I don't have the bandwidth. Nobody ever says nope. that at our job. Do people at our job know what bandwidth is? Put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. <laughs> I feel like that's been said at our job. I've heard, I have told people, get your pin away from my balloon. <laughs> but put a pin in it. That's funny. Step up to the plate, which we heard before. Yes. How about this one? I feel like you're going to like this one. Paradigm shift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nobody's ever said that at work, but... No. I've never heard this one in all of my life. Breaking down silos? Is it a farm? Breaking like, down... It says this one is popular in government. Those silos, are they full of grain? I don't know. I don't know what that means, breaking down silos. Yeah, I don't know either. This one we hear all the time, going forward. Yes. Or moving forward. Yes. I hear that. One, one person in management, mm-hmm. this is like on every email, <laughs> um, put it in the pipeline. Yeah. Never heard that before. Get granular? Never. Run it up the flagpole? I've heard that before, but not in the context of work. In of business. Pick your brain. Mm -hmm. Yes. I'm not offended by that one. Burning the candle at both ends. Mm -hmm. Yes. Earning your chops. No. So uh, the notes on this one says, "I've I've seen far too many resumes with this phrase lately. What? And it says, better to leave cliches off your resume. Who would put that who on would, a resume? Who, who would say that? My skills include earning my, my chops. chops. I've earned my chops <laughs> working for. I'm sure that's what it is. That's ridiculous. T- this one, which I say to be funny. You've heard me say it, I'm okay. sure. But I've, I definitely have said, teamwork makes the dream work. Oh, I I've, say that all the time. My kids say that. Yes. You can go teamwork and they go, makes the dream work. Yes. That one is like, we've used that at work. We've used this in our personal lives. So I use it yes. in my other job, which you're also a part of. Yes. Like whenever I do trainings, I'm yes. like, this is really true because like, yes, I'm one person, but we're a giant team of a hundred people. So like we working we together work makes it go better. Failure is not an option. Yep. That's true. They do say that. That is true. Uh, this is one that I have to tell you, I don't like, this is one I really don't like. And I, people overuse it. Mm-hmm. And then I think throughout the years, I've even started using it. And when I use it, I go, oh my God, don't. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Yeah, people use that a lot. I don't like that. Especially at our job. I don't like it is what it is. Even though, sadly, it really is appropriate for a million mm-hmm. things. But I don't like it. In certain situations, not our job. Because our job saying it is what it is, it's like, it's not usually like this. But like people in your life saying it is what it is to you feels like you're a small child and you're being told like too bad so sad Yeah, too bad it is what it (laughs) is uh the data never lies okay and here's my that seems like something i would say to somebody at work when they argued with me about something could be (laughs) and this is one that you and i have definitely discussed before about words that are way overused and Mm -hmm. that are used incorrectly literally yes 
Like, literally, this my head is going to explode. That my mom and it's dad know. Going to literally she explode. was giving a presentation one day, and she says, literally, and that's how <laughs> she said it every time. And she said it, like, a hundred times in the presentation. She's like, yeah, so this literally is just, like, literally. And then we just kept saying literally like that to each other forever. Well, now I feel like that's got to be a thing. Literally. Literally. So, okay. So now that we're done with that, I have things that I've done that are cliche. So I have a picture of myself, and I will try to find it and put it on the Instagram, holding up the Leaning Tower of Pisa in a photo. Oh, yeah. Yep. Because you have so to. touristy Like, cliches. it's a touristy thing, yeah. but you have to you do have it. Because, like, you were there. You're, there. you're not going to put your hand up yeah. against it or your finger up Too against bad. it. Too bad. You got to do it. Too bad. So you sad. You are. Um, <laughs> it is what it is, okay? <laughs> uh, because I am... I was taking a sip of water, but that was A funny. basic white girl millennial. I have gotten pumpkin spice coffee, worn Ugg boots, and went apple picking in the fall. Oh, that's hilarious. Because, like, yes. hello, basic white girl. And we're in the Northeast. And I most likely was wearing black leggings or skinny jeans with it. Yep. Also. Although I will say, haha, I don't have the millennial side part. I have a middle part, so I'm young. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also because my hair only will allow a middle part, and if I try to make a side part, it just goes back to a middle part. See, I can't have a middle part. I can I've only never... have a middle part, but it's because of my curly hair, because yeah. of the way my curl sure. pattern is. Like, I can't. And my cousin, who you know, who does my hair, yeah. is constantly like, let's try to do a different... And I'm like, it no. won't. Like, you can try, you can cut it that way, but then I'm going to have, like, if I cut side bangs, uh, then I'm going to have really short hair on yeah. one side. Right. <laughs> like, just, I can't. Let's just not. That's <laughs> and funny. then, this is kind of TMI, but my mom thinks that I lost my virginity on the <sighs> night of the prom, but I lost my virginity the weekend of the prom, so that was cliche. Oh. But it was my senior year, not my junior year, and the only reason I did it, because I was, like, so against doing it at all, was... Obviously, I was going to be 18. I was 17. Yeah. I was going to be 18, and I had been with my boyfriend for a while, and I was like, okay, I guess. And then I'm like, but I also don't want to go to college. Oh. Not having done it. Oh, oh, oh. Because, like, yeah, do yeah. you really want your first time ever to be with some random person, like, in in a drinking in situation? Like, no. Some frat boy. I didn't. I was like, oh, well, I, like, love this guy, and I've been with him for, like, almost a year. I think we could do it. I'm sure he was thinking the same. <laughs> oh, he was because he was younger than me and he could not wait because his like best friend was in a relationship and they were like actively all the time doing it. But then this kid, this stupid kid, well, first of all, my grandma walked in when it was happening oh my God. because it was my, okay, so we Dear were at my mom and dad's house. This is a story. This is a story. But everybody who's friends oh. with me knows the story, so I'm not embarrassed of it because it's funny. Yeah. And it's my cool grandma who lived next door. So my parents would always go camping. So prom was on a Friday night, and then Saturday we were gonna hang out, and they were camping near Ma- in like in Massachusetts. So I was like, "All right, cool, we're gonna do this, like whatever." So we are doing this, and we're getting going. And my grandma, all of a sudden, the door to my bedroom <gasps> opens, and it's my grandma, and she's like, "Oh, hello! I will close this and wait for you to put clothes on." She never told my parents. My aunt was in the house with her in the downstairs, and she was just like, oh, they were taking a nap. She never told my aunt what happened. And then a few years ago, I brought it up, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, Kim, you were there when it happened. You were downstairs, and Grandma just didn't say anything. And Grandma's like, I would never betray you like that. I'm like, yeah. So did you, um... It it didn't end the way that he wanted it to end, because I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Oh my god, that's wow. 
Well, it's like she had a, yeah. a radar. So wait, she that knew. so that no, it wasn't that. She was just coming to see if I wanted them to like get me something for dinner because they knew I was alone. Because I don't know, oh. I think my brother was sleeping at his friend's house or something. Wow. But clearly, I wasn't alone. You were fine. But thanks, Grandma, yeah. for being the best. Um, but then it gets even worse because a few weeks later, because now it was like actively happening. He, because he was two years younger than me, so he was like seventeen. Um, also because he had stayed back, but he was two grades below me. And he left a box of condoms on his bed, in his bedroom at his house. First of all, his mom didn't like me because she thought I dressed too provocatively in high school because I had big boobs. And she's like, she's not your type. She's very provocative. And then we start dating. And then he does that. And he had a sister who was in college. So she found them, brought them downstairs. And then when the next time I went to his house, they had to have a talk with us. And I'm like, I am almost 18 years old. I promise you, you don't have to have this talk with me. Well, I mean, what's the talk? You guys are using birth control. That's well, it was it was that they didn't want to be grandparents. I've said that to all of my. But I was also like, well, his dad is literally almost the age of my grandfather because he was friends with my grandfather. So, like, you probably could have been grandparents, but I didn't want to be a mom at eighteen either. Yeah. So no, and I definitely didn't want to be like, oh my god, the first time I ever did it, I'm pregnant (laughs) because that probably would have been my luck, but no, it wasn't. Instead, my grandma walked in. Maybe she stopped it. Yeah. She stopped us. No, we had we had birth control then too. Okay, good. So that was those were the things I've done that are cliche. That is very I can't I didn't think of anything like that in my life that I've done that's cliche, but I'm sure My grandma is the woman and she like she's just so cool. I wish I was as cool as her. I'm not. Even though she's, like, now 87 and I'm 37, she's still cooler than me. She covered for my brother when he had a giant house party. And the only reason... And my parents were in Las Vegas because she lived next door. The only reason my parents found out is because my brother got really drunk and started throwing up. And one of his friends called my mom's cell phone from my brother's cell phone. Oh, no. And, like, and so he was a senior in high school, and I was home from college for the summer, and I was sleeping at my grandma's, because I never got involved in his parties. They were ridiculous. So, (laughs) and I had to work the next day. So I'm like, I'm sleeping, because I'm going to work. And my mom calls my grandma's house at, like, one o'clock in the morning, our time, and goes, Mom, is there a party going on at my house? And she's like, no. And she's like, I know there is because Harry's <laughs> friend just called me and said that he was dead. And my grandma's like, oh my God, what? I'm so sorry. Yes, there is. I'll go down there and like handle it. So my brother had drank so much that he was throwing up. He wasn't dead, obviously. Um, and then his other friend had drank so much that he was laying in the hill off my parents' driveway because there was used to be a turnaround there. Now there's a garage there. But there used to be, like, a turnaround in their driveway and then this, like, kind of steep hill. He was laying in the hill throwing up oh my gosh. over the hill. And my grandma had to, like, carry this man, and my grandma's small, yeah. into the house and put him, like, on the couch and let him throw up into a pot. But then it got so much worse because my brother and his friends who were having the party were all-star baseball players, and they had a game the next day. So my my brother couldn't play. None of the other kids could play because they were drunk. So then I think the next few games, they all missed games. So that's crazy. 
But your grandmother should have just left him out there in the field puking. <laughs> oh, no. You don't need to bring because that into the house. Because then she was like, she was like, oh, no. Cool. Well, then she got, like, really worried about him. Like, oh, sure. my God, is yeah. he going to be okay? So, to this day, she still calls him poor John because of that oh, experience. Poor John. Poor, oh, oh, are we talking about poor John? I'm like, Grandma, he's not poor John. That is so That funny. was a bad life decision. That was really bad. I wonder what they were drinking. Were they drinking Dubrow? So which I was think, popular in so Holland High School. It's funny because I don't know what they were drinking, but they used to get alcohol from a kid in our school who was also not 21, <laughs> but was older than me. And he would get it from UConn basketball players oh that he God. knew. So I was like, wow. this is scandalous. Because I think when they started doing it, they were like 15 or 16. My brother. Wow. So the other kid was like 18, 17. So I feel like years ago, or not that long ago, but I feel like, and I don't want to get sued, but I feel like around the Yukon campus, there was a liquor store that, that was like known for selling to underage kids. But then I, oh, think, I'm sure, I, I mean, think it was either campuses, yes, or was, you know, like it has a new management. I went to college like in that, Rhode but... Island and I promise that they would sell to underage kids there. Like they would look at your license and see you weren't 21 and just be like, okay. Wow. So, but again, I went to college in 2003 fall to 2007 spring. But I think, I mean, who knows if it's still the same. Yeah. Who knows? It could be. Um, So the last things that I have are things I loved that are cliche. So the movie trope of the ugly duckling thing, because she's all that, is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, And like Pretty in Pink and all those movies where it's like, oh, you're not popular, but you're like really beautiful the whole time anyway. Not only are you not popular, but usually you're poor. Right. Right, That's true, too. Yeah. And then I know I brought this up before when I was talking about people getting engaged during Christmas, but Hallmark plots where they return to small towns. Yeah. Like, I love that. I could watch every Hallmark movie ever. And it's like, I'm returning from my high powered corporate city job to my small town to date the guy who owns the dairy farm or the candy cane factory or (laughs) whatever. Yeah. The lumberjack. Like, love those, even though they're the queerest things of all time they're very very and um better safe than sorry better safe than yeah but i i like that though as a mom but that's that's one of my favorite things i like because i'm so these are the things i like that are cliche yeah um and it's better safe than sorry because i'm so cautious with everything that i do yes oh my god like overly cautious i'm cautious i like one i like that and i also like one day at a time which is like honestly one of my favorites just Mm -hmm. one day at a time because in life, in anything, all you can control is right here, right now. Right. One meal at and a time if you're, if you're going, trying to lose weight. One day at a time yeah. if you're trying to do anything else, whatever. And even if you're going through a hard time, like with personal life things, like you got a divorce or somebody died or whatever, like those are really traumatic things. But if you do one day at a time, everything gets a little bit better. Is it perfect? No, no. and it's never going to be. Oh, but you're going to get a little bit better every day. Right. You, yeah, I, I agree with that. So the last thing that I wanted to just touch upon, because it's kind of, a, it, it goes pretty deep though. I was having a conversation today about cliches with my coworker and at lunch and, and he said something about the whole nine yards. He goes, mm-hmm. do you know what that actually means? And I don't know that he knows us, but I don't think he's right. So I was. So what did he say it was? He said it had something to do with the, oh, the guns, the gun, the ammunition Mm-hmm. Maybe for one of the world wars, like if you put the whole thing, it, it would be nine yards worth of maybe 
ammo, I guess, oh, or something. Okay, yeah. So I was like, oh, that sounds pretty feasible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's actually, it's pretty, like, it's pretty highly contested, like, throughout history. Okay. Where this term, where this phrase came from. Mm-hmm. So the whole nine yards means all of it, the full measure. But they're saying the origin of this expression is considered the holy grail. Like, people, thousands of hours of research has gone into trying to figure out where the hell this started from. That's many, crazy. Many p- people have a belief that they know the origin of what the nine yards are and these convictions are unfailingly based on no more evidence than someone told me so basically it's like nobody really knows so you can look into that if anybody has any interest in that interest in that and let me know what they think or what they've heard or what they where they believe that that comes from the whole nine yards i stupidly thought it had to do with football because that's how little I know about it. Yeah. And how little I know about football. So I thought it did too, but then I was just thinking about it when you were talking and I Googled it because one of my favorite movies of all time is The Whole Nine Yards with yeah. Bruce Willis and uh, Matthew Perry from Friends because it's like the I best. I don't know if I've seen it. What? There's The Whole Nine Yards and then there's The Whole Ten Yards, which is the sequel. Okay. So I Googled it because I'm like, why is the movie called The Whole Nine Yards if it's about World War II ammunition? And it, there was one from The Guardian that said, yes, this is about World War II, like artillery and yeah. that. But this says that it's it's the Collins Dictionary of Idioms. And it says that it's called that because it's to do something to the fullest extent possible. And if you watch the movie, that's what they do. Like, it's just like balls to the wall crazy. Right. Um, and it, the example they use here is she's been the whole nine yards with the disease, has come through it, and has now taken up sailing. Yeah, so, but where did it originate? So, oh, I don't know. know. I'm just... What are was, the nine yards? I was wondering why the movie was called <laughs> yeah. that. But again, it's probably just one of those things. Like, there's so many sayings that yeah. you're like, no, that doesn't have anything to do with what they're saying that for. So, well, but that's, the, that's an interesting one. The she's been the whole nine yards thing sounds like it's British. Could be. Like, because who says she's been the whole nine yards? Yeah, I've like, never heard that. That doesn't sound like anything any American would ever yeah. say. Oh my gosh, how about dressed to the nines? Yeah, that's the, we could just sit here and there's yeah. a million of it's, them. There's a lot of them that don't make sense. Dressed to a T, is that right too? Dressed yeah, I think to, so. Dressed to a T, maybe dressed to the nines. Cat's pajamas. There's oh, just God. so many. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of cliches. <laughs> there's so many. Um, but we have another episode to record, so, yeah, we, so can't we need keep to move going. on. Okay. <laughs> so if you have any cliches that you would like us to talk about, if you're mad at us for things that we said <laughs> were cliche, anyone in my family and anyone else listening, you can email us at coworkerskillingtime at gmail.com. And if you want to see pictures, I will try to find the picture of the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Yes. Um, I think my husband did it too, although he said that he didn't, but I swear to God he did. Um, and that's probably a cliche too, swear to God. Uh, (laughs) then you can go to our instagram at coworkers killing time you can of course follow us on facebook where lots of people are following us now to listen to our latest episodes also see the pictures from instagram if you don't have instagram and you can go to patreon.com and search coworkers killing time podcast and support the show that way for some bonus content so thank you as always so much for listening and we will be back next week Bye. bye